Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, what's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And what's up to you listening wherever you are tonight at WWL.com or the Radio.com app? Welcome on into the show. And got a big one for you tonight. Real good one for you tonight. I tweeted this out just a little bit ago. But Demario Davis, he's been up in Flint, Michigan with Josh Norman. Trying to visit with those people there in that city, citizens and leaders who are still dealing with the devastating water crisis that first began about five years ago. And a lot of the country has forgotten about it and thinks that it's fixed well it's not it's an ongoing crisis and he wanted to bring some advocacy and use his platform to shine a light on everything that's going on up there so i talked to demario davis last hour we taped that interview we're going to have that for you at 9 14 p.m tonight and along with demario we'll have hunt palmer on to talk a little lsu baseball in the nine o'clock hour andrew doke yeah wwl tv channel four anchor and reporter Texas Tech alum and of course Texas Tech his alma mater faced my Gonzaga Bulldogs and eliminated my Gonzaga Bulldogs last week in the Elite Eight so he's got bragging rights there and I told Andrew got to have him on the show this week and we will we're gonna have him on today and he can give us all that Texas Tech Red Raider love that he wants and big thanks to Mark Menard as we're doing a live in-studio technical fixing here thank you mark i had a had faulty headphones when i put them on getting ready for the show i'm going i can't hear anything so mark comes into the studio and saves me so appreciate that mark uh, well done there our blue runner gumbo opinion poll tonight which quarterback would you pay the most besides drew Brees? brady mahomes rogers wilson or somebody else and caster voted wwl.com the reason i bring that up and the reason we have that poll is because russell wilson has demanded a new contract by April 15th. And if he doesn't get one, then he says negotiations will be shut off until the following offseason for the Seahawks. Now, why does that matter here for the Saints and the rest of the NFL? Well, he's likely going to set, if he does sign that new deal before April 15th, the new standard for quarterback money in the NFL. And here for the Saints, if Drew Brees plays at a high level again, and there's a lot of people around here locally that think if he does that, he will stick around, sign a new contract. And you know Drew's going to want to be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league if that happens. So how much money are we talking about here? What could be the ripple effects of this Russell Wilson contract? We're going to have Bob Condota of the Seattle Times on at 932 to go over everything Russell Wilson with us here. I want to start off the show, though, by talking about Anthony Davis, who got in a lot of hot water last night with people by flipping the bird to fans as he walked out of the Smoothie King Center. Of course, wasn't playing. Some fans were taunting him with some verbal abuse. And he decided on the way out yeah, to give him the middle finger. He had enough. That's all he did. There wasn't any more interaction than that. This wasn't a Russell Westbrook situation by any means. It's not a great look for Anthony Davis, but I'm going to be honest here. If you listen to this show, you know that I have been incredible. 
incredibly critical of Anthony Davis since he demanded that trade request. I think that he's acted petulantly. I think his team of agents around him have steered him in an incredibly wrong direction. He doesn't look good. Clutch Sports doesn't look good. Of course, everybody on the Lakers side of this doesn't look good. I have read Davis the right act here on this show. So if there's somebody that's going to be critical of him, it would be me. And I would. But I'm going to stay true to what I believe here. And that is that I don't have any problem with what Anthony Davis did last night. I have zero problem with what Anthony Davis did last night. He has been the subject, and I've been in the Smoothie King Center when this has happened. Incredibly insensitive comments coming from fans literally in every direction of him in that building. Now, he has proverbially flipped the middle finger off to New Orleans and the fans by retresting the trade out of here, but it's really been more the organization, more the Pelicans organization and maybe his teammates than the actual city of New Orleans. If fans are going to accost you, not on an everyday basis, but almost an every-minute basis in that arena, I am sorry, but the human reaction to that is, well, to react. And given the middle finger to fans who were across the line of decency, frankly, I don't have a problem with, and people are making a mountain out of this molehill. Should he be fined? Of course he should be fined. And he was. In fact, just a little bit ago, he was fined $15,000 for flipping off a fan in New Orleans. Just to show you how much the NBA doesn't care about what he did, nor should they, well, they have fined three Golden State Warriors more than that for some comments they made critical of officiating in the last week. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, all fined more than that. I am sorry, but we've got to step back here and take a collective deep breath. If we are all, and I say we are all, I include me here, going to be this critical of Anthony Davis and use our words and our platforms, whether that's me on the radio station here, whether that's you going to arena and booing or you going to an arena and you know if you've done this, shouted some obscenities his way, then he deserves to react. He's not a robot. This isn't 1976. This is 2019. We expect our athletes and our stars to have personality. We expect them to be real with us. There's little more real than Anthony Davis fed up with the fans and flipping them off on the way into the tunnel. I've also defended fans against what I think are athletes that have crossed the line with them. I think that Russell Westbrook, what the fans did to him and what the fans in Salt Lake City did to him, incredibly terrible. Racist, again, across the line of decency, but also firing back. Russell Westbrook threatened basically to kill the guy's wife, beat her up. That was across the line. Can't do that. This isn't a Russell Westbrook situation. Sorry, it's not. And I find it a little hard to believe that the past 24 hours, we've had a lot of fans who have been directing those profanities, Anthony Davis's way, whether in front of him at the arena, on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Reddit, on these radio shows when you call in, maybe not the profanities on radio, but everything else, 
And then when he gives it back to you a little bit, you're going to freak out? I'm sorry. I'm on AD's side on this one. And I'll say this before I go to break. And then we're going to open up to your calls. And I know a lot of you probably disagree with me on this. Maybe a lot of you agree with me on this, reading the text lines here. A lot of the same people that are demonizing Anthony Davis for this action. They're the same people who applaud our political leaders who engage in much much more confrontational actions, to put it kindly, on a daily basis. I'm sorry I'm not having it. I'm not having those people come out and say, hey, boy, I love it when this guy does it. That's my dude. Yeah, go get him. Political correctness, get it out of here. I don't want it anymore. And then those same people come back, and because they don't like what Anthony Davis has done here, and now he's acted and requesting a trade, come back and say, oh, that's way across the line. Got to be more professional. Like, what? I mean, that's, that's hypocrisy at the highest level. It is. So that's my take on it. I don't have a problem with it. I got zero problem with it. I think he should have been fined. He was fined $15,000. The fans acted just as poorly, frankly, probably a lot more poorly than Anthony Davis did in that spot. He's human. He's fine. And frankly, regardless of the way the, the petulant child that he has acted since his trade request, he's still a great dude in the NBA. I mean, he really is. He's one of the good dudes on and off the court in the NBA. And I'm not going to lose sight of that just because, like you, I'm incredibly upset from you know the, the fan standpoint of this, my Pelicans fandom standpoint of this, that he's not going to be here anymore. But what say you? 504-260-1870. That's area code 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. Take a break. Back with your calls here on the last lap. Open the show talking a little Anthony Davis and, frankly, why I just don't care what he did yesterday. At least that action. Flipping off a fan out on his way out of the stadium, out of the way out of the Smoothie King Center into the tunnel as he was subjected to then in that moment and throughout the game profane, obscene shouts and chants. I mean, I could give so many analogies and examples of this. I just... I don't understand why people would be upset about this. This is an entertainment industry. If you go to a concert, you went to a Stones concert, you were front row, and you spent the entire concert shouting profanities at Mick Jagger. Are we really sitting here talking about Mick Jagger flipping off a fan for doing that? I mean, really? If people go to a Saints game or a Saints practice... And for whatever reason, they start shouting obscenities and saying F you to Drew Brees. Would we even blink at Drew Brees flipping that fan off? No, we would be sitting here on the radio, I guarantee it, and in media across the city and region defending Brees and going, oh, way to go, Drew. I have ripped Anthony Davis to shreds on this program for how he has acted, absolutely brutalized him on this show 
because I think he's acted very poorly and made some very poor decisions. But we've talked about it a lot the last few weeks, really since the Will Wade situation came up. I'm just going to be consistent to my morals here. If I'm not going to get mad at Drew Brees or Mick Jagger or, frankly, myself, if you walked into this studio and were sitting behind the glass flipping me off and shouting obscenities at me and you expected me just to walk out with my head high and not say anything, you're fooling yourself. I'd say something. Almost all of you would say something and react very similarly to what Anthony Davis did also. We'll see your phone calls in just a second. Here's some texts. Text from the 985. I was disappointed when Chris Paul left and disappointed that Davis is leaving, but I don't blame either one of them for getting out. Text from the 985. Who cares? People need to shut up. Leave the dude alone. If he wants to go, let him go. Another text from the 985. He's an entertainer. If he can't take it, move on. From the 504, I could care less if he bent over and mooned a fan. This will never be a basketball town, not because we don't support the NBA. It's because of the players. No small market team will ever win anything. NBA should be 10 teams and that's it. Well, I got news for you. It seems like, oh, San Antonio has done pretty well as a small market team. It can work. It's tougher, no doubt about it. But it can happen. From the 985, oh, please, Seth. He's paid millions to play and not react. Don't forget this is the same person who walked out of a game. Your moral high horse has shifted. Morals are usually consistent. No, my moral high horse has not. It absolutely hasn't. And in fact, I was on the air, speaking of reading him the right act, after he walked out of the game, I wrote about it, talked about it, said it was terrible. And he's not paid millions to play and not react. He's just not. Show me that in his contract. Other than, you know, he's going to get fined for this. That's, you know, in his salary, making nearly $30 million a year. This is nothing to him. And again, just for comparison, to show you what the NBA league offices think of this, they find him less than they find three different Golden State Warriors the last week for criticizing officiating. They understand, hey, I got to find him because, you know, it's in the rules, but we don't really care. He's reacting. Let's go to the phone lines now at 504-260-1870. Bill in Slidell, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing tonight? I've um, got two key things I want to talk about. Um, just a quick comment about AD. Okay. I totally agree with you 100%. And now, of course, because you're the media, you, you do more interviews or see stuff like that side more than the public. But I don't recall him, when he's been interviewed, ever saying anything negative about the fans. I know business is business. It is what it is. I'll let you comment about that later because I know that's what you can do all night. I want to talk about last night's game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know you had your show last night. You know, I went to the game last night. I know we're not going to playoffs, losing team and everything. You know what I was impressed with? What's that? Um, second to last game of the season at home. I'm sitting in the stands watching. The, uh, what you would call the, uh, the high-end seats, the low seats on the floor, the three rows sure. in front, down on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Packed. Side of better on players. Packed and everything. So, you know, don't tell me that, you know, this is not a basketball town. You hear these people like you've been commenting about. People saying not a basketball town, basketball town. That's a losing team. You got all those guys injured. It had a nice crowd in the game for a Wednesday night game, and the more important seats were filled up, and I was impressed with that. And here's another thing I was impressed, and I'm going to get off the phone shortly, and I'll let you know. Yeah, no, Bill, I agree with you that this the, the, the comments that this can't be a basketball town are just silly. I mean, that's just people who, I, I don't know. It's people who either don't like basketball or somehow think that basketball is going to intrude on their football time. I mean, really? 
I mean, we've gone through the examples before. New England wasn't, Boston wasn't a football town before Belichick and Brady arrived. It's a pretty darn good football town now. San Antonio wasn't a basketball city before Tim Duncan and, well, to the end of his career, David Robinson and Avery Johnson and everybody, they were there. And Pop showed up. Yeah, that's just people being silly, frankly, on Twitter, because it can be. Look at the people were saying, well, LSU will never be a basketball school, and now it was an incredibly exciting basketball season, regardless of the Will Wade situation for LSU. It be a basketball town. I agree with you there, Bill. No doubt about it. Here's a text from the 504. Seth, I agree with you 100%. I wouldn't condone it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he reacted more harshly. He's still human. Almost everyone would react when subjected to those kind of obscenities. Yeah, that's it. It's not like he walked into the stand and grabbed somebody or punched somebody. If he did that, I'd be saying, oh, hold on here. You can't do that, period. But are, are we so insensitive now that Anthony Davis flipping off a fan who is shouting obscenities at him on the way into the tunnel? Is that is that terrible? And I'll just say it again. And this may rub some people the wrong way, but frankly, I don't care. I read so much stuff today and hear so much stuff from a lot of people who I know have applauded and celebrated a lot of our political leaders at this time who say stuff and do stuff incredibly more inflammatory than that every single day. And they tell me, I love it. I love it. That's my guy. That's my gal. Love it. Don't like political correctness. And then the past 24 hours, I see the same people. Oh, this is terrible. Unprofessional. Can't act like that. Give me a break. 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. We'll try to pivot from this. Grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Might sound like I'm fired up. I'm a little fired up, but not really. Coming up next, something that's going to be a lot more important to sports fans here in New Orleans, and that is quarterback contracts. And the value is going to skyrocket here as soon as Russell Wilson signs his new deal, which is probably going to happen before April 15th. Bob Condotta of the Seattle Times is going to come in and preview what we might be seeing in that contract and how it might affect the rest of the league. Boy, the text line is lit right now. Wanting to talk about Anthony Davis. Text line lit. Phone line not so lit. That's because I think people are a little worried to get on the horn here and share their true feelings about this whole Anthony Davis situation. Again, just I, I, I could not care less. I, I really could not care less that he flipped off a fan that was shouting obscenities at him. I mean, come on. Somebody walks in here into the radio studio and does that to me, guarantee it, when the mic goes off, I'm going to have a few words with that person, right? And if they come into your job, you're probably going to have a few words with that person too. They're human. We want our athletes to have a little personality here. I don't mind it at all. But even though, look, I'm not on board with AD any the way he's acted here since that trade request other than that. Let's move on, talk a little NFL. Again, Russell Wilson set possibly to become the highest paid quarterback and player in NFL history if he eclipses that Aaron Rodgers deal. He set this timeline for April 15th when he wants to get the deal done. He says if it doesn't happen then, he'll play the season out and he'll renegotiate next year. Now, this will have ripple effects to the rest of the league 
as it'll set the new standard for quarterback contracts, and it'll have ripple effects here, whether that's the next quarterback of the Saints if Drew Brees retires or if Drew Brees comes back, if he plays like he did last year, a lot of people think he'll continue his career, much like Tom Brady is, and you'd expect Drew Brees to look towards the top of the market and top-end contract down the road. So I wanted to get somebody up in Seattle to talk about this, and I'm really glad that Bob Condota, the Seattle Times, got back to us. He was able to join us tonight, talk to him quite a bit. Bob, what's going on tonight? How are you, man? Uh, not too much, yeah. How you doing? I'm good. How's this Russell Wilson situation and, and deadline playing out up there? Well, yeah, as, as you'd expect, it's been uh, it's sort of dominated the news cycle for the last few days since uh, since word of that emerged. And, you know, he's uh, the most, you know, any quarterback of an NFL team is probably the most important athlete in, in that city. So, um, yeah, I, you know, people are, I think, a uh, little bit anxious to hurry up and, and get this sorted out. I think, you know, I think the overwhelming opinion is people wanted to stay and wanted to stay for quite a while. So I think they're hoping that maybe in a couple weeks this all gets sorted out and you don't have to think about it anymore for a while. Both sides expected, it seems like, Bob, to come to some agreement. Is Am I reading the situation right? Well, what do you mean? I, you mean in terms of uh, – Before April 15th. Yeah, yeah, before uh, April 15th. That yeah. Most, I, I mean, if I had to bet my house, I would. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's not going to be easy. Uh, you know, I heard your intro there. I mean, yeah, he, he's going to want some sort of real benchmark here that makes this a contract that people remember. I think – I, I don't know if this plays into having the early deadline of why they wanted it, but if he does, but I think what what will happen is if you know if he really did on April fifteenth become the highest paid player in the NFL, that would probably last for a little while because I don't know that there's anybody else that's come and do right now, um, you know, with some of the other quarterbacks who signed deals last year that would pass him for a little while. So he, that's that might be the kind of thing he he could hold on to for a little while. Of having that, and I think that I think that is important. I, I think they want you know either it's the most average per year, or the highest guarantee, be the first player to get a hundred million guaranteed at signing, something like that. Um, you know, so I think the Seahawks are going to have to swallow hard and figure out if they're ready to do that. And that's uh, I, I think Russell by put, by putting the deadline. I think part of what they wanted is to have the Seahawks you know really sort of expose where they are and what they're thinking I, I think that I think that was that was part of the this as well because I you know last time uh, Russell basically set a deadline on the first day of training camp and they got it done the night before um I, I think he, they feel like this time why wait uh, you know I don't think they think there's anybody else out there whose contract is is coming up that's going to change the market in any way so that whatever the, the Seahawks might have in mind in July is probably what they have in mind now so just go ahead and tell us what you have in mind now that organization, the Seahawks organization up there, very uh, nip and tuck with these contract negotiations. It's caused a lot of strife and maybe played a part in the Legion of Boom um, dissolving over the last few years. They're going to play hardball with Russell like they did, you know, with Richard Sherman or, or Michael Bennett or all these defensive stars. Um, I disagree with you slightly. I don't know that they played hardball with Sherman. They, they just, you know, they, they made a decision there. Um, they just they weren't sure he was going to be healthy and it'd be worth it to to have him that last year at the contract at thirteen million dollars. And you know Sherman came out the other day and said he was at eighty percent and has to have another surgery and all that. So that was what they were worried about. So I, I don't know if they played hardball there. They just made a decision that they didn't think it was going to be worth it. Um, uh, you know Bennett, they just trade. I, I don't know if they played hardball with Bennett. I mean they had just signed into a contract and then they traded him. <laughs> So uh, they sort of made a bad decision there in signing him. You know, Earl Thomas is obviously the one um, that, that they had a hold out, who, who did hold out. And uh, you know, I, I, I think.
think most teams probably would have handled the old Thomas situation similarly. I, I don't know how many teams would rip up a guy's deal, you know, two years ahead of time, which was sort of when Earl really began um, kind of complaining about it. But, um, you know, certainly with when he got hurt again last year, that's what really, you know, changed things again was, um, you know, he's, he's broken the same leg twice in three years now. And, and after having, you know, not missed a game at all in his first six years, he suddenly was missing – uh, games left and right due to, due to having these injuries. So they, you know, that was another one. I think they just made a decision. Like they, I think they thought well, it's not, we're not going to be signer old to a big, huge deal. And he's just going to, we're just going to let him play it out. So, you know, I think every situation is different. And I think in Russell's case, you know, I think they, uh, I, I, you know, I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't want to keep him around, but you always want to, you know, the, the, the whole point is the salary cap forces you to try to get everybody as economically as you can so that you can sign more guys and, you know, if you, if, even if you save a million dollars uh, per year signing Russell, that's another million dollars you have for the, under your salary cap for that season to put something together. So that's always kind of the game that each side is playing here. That's a great insight here. And clapbacks, which I love, from Bob Condota, who knows a lot more about the situation up there than I do, covers the Seahawks for the Seattle Times. Uh, it just seems impossible for me, and probably almost everybody watching this from afar, that Russell Wilson wouldn't be a, a Seahawk for life. It is is there any possibility in your mind that, that the two sides just, just can't come together here? Is this just, you know, kind of business as usual, I guess, in the NFL now? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody, I, I don't know that these things ever seem like they go smoothly until the minute that the contract is signed and, and everybody's kind of posing, you know, happily for photos and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's just kind of the way these kind of, uh, these high-stake negotiations go. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that we're – talking yet about Russell lifetime. I mean, he, he's 30, so he's probably, you know, I know he thinks he's going to play another 15 years, but you are talking about the next five or six years for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's what they're, they're concerned about right now is kind of trying to, trying to get him up for that. And yeah, again, none of this is about whether they want Russell Wilson around. It, it's just trying to find the, you know, make it a contract that he's going to be happy with. So that once he signs it, he's, you know, not coming back in a year or two and feeling like, uh, feeling like he didn't get the kind of deal that he wants. And, and is maybe grousing about that. While it's also a deal that, that from a team standpoint, it's one they can handle cap-wise. I, I think in general, the Seahawks are regarded as a team that has handled this cap really well. Um, you know, they're they're really they're they're really well set up with a lot of cap space beyond the 2019 season. They don't have a ton left for 19, but for 20 and beyond, um, you know, they're set up pretty well with quite a bit of flexibility there um, to do a lot of things if they want. Um, and, uh, you know, there's really only a couple of contracts they've signed that I think people think are really bad ones, you know, and, and but it's a lot of times it, it can seem like a hard, laborious process to get to that point. Um, but, yeah, I, that's just the way I, I don't I wouldn't even say it's pro sports today. I mean, go back and read your history books of Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle and Don Drysdale and Sandy Koufax. I mean, this has been going on forever. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, watch watch the NFL Films America's Teams documentaries and the Green Bay Packers, you know, basically got rid of Jim Taylor because he was mad about his contract and, you know, they felt like he was pouting and not playing hard anymore. So, um, you know, this kind of stuff's been going on forever. So, uh, but it just, you know, maybe we pay a lot more attention to it now because of social media and all that kind of stuff. How are, is the upcoming CBA negotiations in the NFL going to play a part in this and really all these contract negotiations in the next couple of years? Um, yeah, I, it's definitely a factor because I think, uh, especially, uh, from the player standpoint, you're trying to figure out if if the cap is going to change in any way where it's going to make your deal seem outdated um, in a couple of years. And so, for sure, I think that that part of it is is definitely in there. You know, you um, 
you know, there's sort of this idea that there could suddenly suddenly be a big influx of money coming into teams in a year or two from the from from the NFL's embrace of gambling, and so does that suddenly make the pot much wider? And so, and so instead of the cap going up with the percentage that it sort of has the last few years, maybe suddenly it's going up twice that much. And if it is, and suddenly you know that the teams have to spend that money, so suddenly you know you you could sign a contract that looks good now, and three years from now you're suddenly you know right right now Russell. When Russell signed in 2015, he was the second highest paid player in the NFL at that time. So the second highest paid player in the history of the NFL at that time. Um, he's now the 12th highest paid quarterback and like 15th or 16th overall in the NFL. Um, you know, it changes fast. And, and uh, so the cap for sure is that way. The problem is nobody knows for sure what's going to happen. So it's a lot of guesswork. And, uh, you know, I, I think maybe that's the kind of thing that's, you know, this is the kind of stuff that only affects a few players because most guys aren't good enough to say, like, I got to worry, you know, I'm worried about what you're going to pay me in 2022. But if you're a guy like Russell Wilson, you are. And so certainly, you know, that's a, that's the kind of thing maybe they're thinking about a little bit. Do you, do you put escalator clauses in there? Do you, do you put, um, you know, um, um, some some kind of incentives that that can rise, you know. So all that kind of stuff is playing into it. Uh, really quickly here, I, I read something, and I can't remember if it was you who wrote this up there. Maybe it was uh, John Clayton talked about what the Saints have done with the 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 the, the years at the end of Drew Brees' contracts that automatically void, and thinking the Seahawks might do something similarly up there. Is is that something that the blueprint here from the Saints that they're looking at? I, I don't know that for sure. That would have been Clayton who wrote that. Yeah, I didn't write that. Um, I, I can't tell you I know exactly what the Seahawks are thinking on this, so maybe they are. I don't know. Gotcha. Uh, Bob Condotto covers the Seahawks for the Seattle Times. We'll be watching that Russell Wilson situation. Bob, do I remember right? Are you a Coug as well? You went to Washington State, is that right? I did. Yep, I did go to Washington State. All right. State, well, yeah. you and me both there. There go Cougs okay. uh, from, right. from very right. far away. Uh, do, you've, been paying, okay. you've been paying attention to Mike Leach's insurgent warfare class over there that's captivated the nation. I almost, I kind of wanted to fly up and be a part of that, man. This is weird. Very yeah, yeah, no doubt. No, that's a unique opportunity for sure for some people to be part of that. So, uh, yeah, it would have been a fun thing to have. Yeah, no doubt. Well, go Cougs down here from New Orleans, all right, Bob? Thanks for joining us. Okay. All right, sure. Thanks. All right. Thanks. There, there he goes. At B. Condota on Twitter. And, yeah, we'll be watching to see this Russell Wilson contract and how it plays out because the rest of the NFL is going to be paying attention and going to set the standard probably for new quarterback contracts in this league. Or who knows, with the upcoming CBA – um, I'll probably get reset just a couple of years from now and probably would anyways. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, which quarterback would you pay the most in the NFL besides Drew Brees? We all know we'd pay Drew the most here, of course, but outside of Brees, who'd you pay the most right now? Brady, Mahomes, Rogers, Wilson, or somebody else? You can cash your vote at www.com. Very interested to see that. We're going to open up the phone lines again. A lot of you wanted to react to the Anthony Davis flipping off fan situation of course he was fined fifteen thousand dollars tonight by the nba 504-260-1870 you can text us at 870-870 it's the last lap on wwl bob condota for joining us we'll see what happens with that russell wilson contract and how it affects the rest of the nfl return to the text line here is told you before it was absolutely lit tonight talking about Anthony Davis and him flipping off a fan last night. I mean, we must have got a good 100 texts, close to anyways, maybe 60, 70 texts in the span of about 40 minutes. It was incredible. Um, here's a text from uh, Ron and Metter, who texts the show a lot, call, I believe calls a little bit too. 
from the 504. Touche, Seth. I don't always agree with you, but this time you're right on. AD is only 25 years old, and he is that kid we all know and never causes any trouble. How would you, me, or anybody react if the fans turn on you after you've given seven years of superb play, dedication, blood, sweat, and tears, but they now boo you and taunt you because it's time for him to move on? I salute you for your courage in this matter. Uh, you know, I don't have any courage in this matter. I'm, p- I'm paid to do it. So no courage. But I appreciate the kind words, Ron. But, and no courage here at all. Text from the 504 on Russell Wilson. Hope they pay him $100 million. Can't pay anybody else. Wouldn't we like that? Text from the 504. It's lit up, the text line, that is. Just wanted to be a part of it. Okay, there you are, 504. Thanks for the text there. Other big news today locally, it, it was Will Wade hiring a new attorney and apparently getting a lot closer to a meeting with university officials. That from Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated. He was on with a Christian and Company on Sports Talk today talking about that. And if there was a, a very slim chance that Will Wade returned as LSU's coach maybe a week ago, that slim chance has turned into a, a possibility, maybe not a probability, but at least a possibility. This attorney, Stephen Thompson, Chicago-based lawyer, he's worked with coaches in NCAA matters uh, a lot. Is that Bruce Pearl is one of the ones he worked with, Tim? Yeah, Tim tells us that. You can read that article and column from Ross Dellinger on Sports Illustrated entitled Will Wade LSU Moving Closer to Ending Month-Long Standoff in Investigation. You can also listen to Christian's interview with Ross Dellinger from earlier tonight on Sports Talk. You can find that on the radio.com app. We'll take a break. Back with more here on The Last Lap. We've got a great hour coming up. Do not go anywhere. And if you do, you're going to want to return at about 9.14 p.m. is... I had a conversation earlier tonight with Demario Davis about his recent trip up to Flint, Michigan with Josh Norman. It was incredibly enlightening. The people up there still struggling and dealing with a a, a terrible water crisis that a lot of the country, frankly, has forgotten about. Well, he has not, and he's raising awareness and money for the people up there. Demario Davis, 914, right here on The Last Lap. We're your home for the Final Four this weekend on WWL. The excitement will start Saturday at 2.30 with Westwood One's Final Four show. And at 5.09 on Saturday, the game's going to begin. Virginia against Auburn. That'll be followed by Michigan State against Texas Tech. Andrew Doak will be watching that one. Take the NCAA Men's Final Four wherever you go. The games are right here on WWL Radio, 105.3 FM and the Big 870 AM. We've also got LSU baseball all weekend long for you tomorrow against Texas A&M. First game of a three-game series. Pre-game 6.30, first pitch 7 o'clock. And because of the Final Four on Saturday, that game will be on Hot 92.9, our sister station with pre-game 6.30, first pitch 7. Sunday, game 3 right here. Pre-game 1.30, first pitch 2 o'clock on WWL. Here's a text from the 979. Maybe Game of Thrones can lure you away from talking LSU stuff. Uh, well, Game of Thrones can lure me away from doing a lot. We actually recorded our first podcast of this season. A podcast has no name, and that'll be debuting. I'll edit it up, splice it, get it all pretty for you. It'll be released on Tuesday on WWL. B97, Bayou 95.7, our sister stations there on the radio.com app. Also, we'll have both audio and video versions of that. Got a new, a little, a little promo here. We've got a new Twitter account 
for a podcast has no name at a podcast has be sure to follow us there we'll start tweeting stuff and information and questions out to you and of course you got instagram yeah we do it for the gram at a podcast has no name g-o-t at a podcast has no name g-o-t there so anthony davis tried to explain his actions and why he flipped off a fan he had an instagram speaking of the gram conversation with a pelicans fan account pelicans wave is the instagram account then they posted their conversation with anthony davis and they had messaged him gotten to address direct message conversation with anthony davis wanted to know why he did that here's what anthony davis wrote on his instagram well not on his instagram in this direct message that was posted from ad first off little homie you don't know what happened and why i did that some fan disrespected me said something i didn't like the fan account pelican wave wrote back yeah i figured that's what happened because i know you ain't the type to do something like that davis wrote back exactly never disrespected the city and never will but of course they not going to show what the fan said it's kind of i don't know if that's true from anthony davis i'm defending him tonight i don't know if the people aren't going to show what the fan did in fact one of the first things that everybody wants to know is well what the fan did to incite you anthony davis so i don't know if i agree with you on that part now pelicans got pelicans wave this is from them i don't have any confirmation on this so i'm just quoting them here so take it how you may but they say that they found out an old man was trying to get anthony davis's attention and once he did the old man flipped anthony davis off and then ad did it right back to him apparently words were exchanged well not really exchanged but words were kind of hucked at Anthony Davis also there. So Anthony Davis just giving it back to him a little bit. Um, now, I'm only one opinion here at WWL. We've had other opinions also. Christian has his. He thinks Anthony Davis is wrong in this. And be sure to read his story, his commentary at WWL.com. It is up right now. Tim, I haven't even asked you your opinion tonight on this. You, you don't even, whoa. This is, Tim just threw his hands I've never seen Tim just throw his hands up in the air as kind of, I don't know. And But the two years we've been doing the show together, you really have no opinion on this? I mean, I'm over the Pelicans already, so. Just this season, I hope. Yeah, this season, of course. I, I It's all a, you know, a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> that's, tr- that's true. Somewhere we have that dumpster fire quote. Logan saved it. How are your Cubbies doing tonight, Tim? Um, Bad as usual. I don't know what's going on this this season. Bullpen, right? Bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. You doing, are you still doing fantasy baseball? He is. All I right. do have you, Darvish, on my team. Oh, well, there you go. Starting tonight. I'm Seth Dunlap. He's Tim Zimmer. One hour down, two to go. We've got Demario Davis coming up next hour. Stick around for that. And we'll talk LSU baseball with Hunt Palmer. Right now, we're going to go live in about two minutes or so on Facebook, the WWO Radio Facebook page. We will discuss the Anthony Davis bird flipping. We'll have that Demario Davis interview up on our podcast, radio.com, WWL.com, in just a little bit. Thanks again to Demario for coming on and, and telling us about his time up in Flint. Breaking news just minutes ago. Not really good news for LSU fans. Tremont Waters has declared for the NBA draft and entered his name into the draft. That according to his Instagram post just a little bit ago. 
I will read some of this. We were just skimming this during this last break, and not always great radio, but we'll just read some of this very long Instagram post. Tremont Waters on Instagram. If you have the gram, you can find it there. He thanks God. He thanks his teammates. And then he says, quote, this experience has helped me create bonds and friendships that I will not forget. Going to war with my brothers every day has shown me what true competitive greatness is. Lastly, I would like to give a special thanks to the LSU community and fans that showed great support over the past two years. The past two years have been nothing but inspiring and life-changing. Taking this into account, I believe that it is only right to announce that I will be saying my farewells to LSU to pursue my lifelong dream of playing and ascending to the NBA. I will be entering the 2019 NBA draft with an agent. I dreamt of this day and will continue to work endlessly to turn it into reality. Again, I would like to thank God and everyone who has supported me through and through. I will forever be a Tiger. Hashtag go Tiger. So that is Tremont Waters again. He has declared for the NBA draft. That follows Nas Reed declaring for the NBA draft. And this is, it's not good. This one is the one that we were waiting for. Tremont Waters' decision. Naj Reed was expected to go, frankly, from the moment he signed his letter of intent to come to LSU. Tremont Waters is a great college basketball player. He was a koozie finalist, one of the best point guards in the country, the heart and soul of this team. Take nothing away from that when I say he's not ready for the NBA. Now, he's ready to make that money, and he will. He'll get drafted somewhere. I'd be, frankly, surprised if it's in the first round, but you can make money and be developed as a second-round pick. We're seeing more and more college players declare for the draft, even if they're not a first-round surefire pick or a lottery pick. Schmont Waters has family to think about. He's got himself to think about and, and frankly, money to think about. I don't get it. I'm not going to begrudge Tremont Waters at all for this decision. I wonder if things would be different if Will Wade was still entrenched as coach of the program. Tremont Waters was Will Wade's first big-time recruit when he came here. They're kind of tight at the hip. The fact that Tremont Waters, A, obviously recognizes the obvious that Will Wade might not be back for LSU and this program might be entering a period of, well, rapid decline, especially if Will Wade leaves or is not reinstated, I should put it that way. But he also felt like the best way to develop his skills was at either the NBA level or the G League level. This is a big one. This is a big one, folks. LSU still could have been even without Will Wade, with Tremont back, with Emmett back, with Javante back. Pretty good young core, even though the recruiting class lagging a lot, especially considered uh, compared to last year's standard. This is one you wanted to watch. This is this is a guy who would have been and needed more seasoning before he made that jump. In my mind, I mean, he's just not an NBA player right now. He's just not. Talk to any NBA scout to tell you this guy really wouldn't sniff the floor in an NBA game right now. But he's made his decision. Tremont Waters declaring for the NBA draft. I wonder, and this is radio speculation at its highest, and I don't like to engage in this a lot, but it's worth being said. I wonder if Tremont knows anything about what Will Wade's going to do or what will happen with Will Wade if he'll be reinstated or not. 
got to think that he has some lines of communication um, to Will Wade, who look, they were very close. They were very close. With this LSU program, they're, they're in trouble next year. I mean, you look at the recruiting class right now for LSU. For Even if Will Wade comes back, even if on April 22nd he testifies, the new lawyer comes in, which he hired that Ross Dellinger was reporting on, and everything somehow is hunky-dory there, and Will Wade is coaching this team next year, the lack of top-end talent now on this team, and this is including the recruiting class that only has one, I believe, a three-star player right now signed, it's not good. It's just not good. I think they're – I'm looking at their, their ratings right now. They're in the, the the 60s nationally with their class this coming season. Shot across the bow here. They've got uh, James Bishop, a three-star guy, Charles Manning, a two-star guy signed. They do have a five-star trend in Watford interested, but not signed. They also have Cassius Stanley interested, but not signed. And you, you got to wonder if they'd ever even think about it now with guys exiting, of course, Will Wade's situation. Tim Zimmer, what you got behind the glass? See, I put the blame right now on this recruiting, at least going forward on the administration, because they could have easily made a decision after the season was over to get rid of Will Wade, or, the, or they could have just let him play throughout the season, and we wouldn't have these recruiting issues right now because Will Wade would either not be here or he would be here recruiting. And I feel like at the at the time being where we were in this limbo situation where we don't know who the head coach is going to be, and that's affecting recruiting, that's affecting players leaving, I think that you have to blame on the administration, not Will Wade. Well, I will say, and – I don't think that they've acted perfectly in this situation, but I'm I, like, this is Will Wade's bed that he's lying in here. And even before all this, we were already starting to talk about the recruiting class, Tim, that it, it just it lacked compared to what we're used to with Will Wade, not just here, but when he was at VCU. We were looking at this recruiting class going, man, there's no real big names you know, committed yet. Well, I do know there's a lot of big recruits that that are uncommitted still that LSU are it's sure. still on their radar sure. that that hasn't committed. So I mean, LSU could could still make a run at some other recruits later in the recruiting cycle. Um, I mean, that's whether Will Wade is here or not. I think with him here, I think it helps. So with him not here, then I think you can kiss those recruits goodbye. I agree with that. Squeeze in a call here from Lewis in Oklahoma. You heard that Demario Davis interview, Lewis? Yeah, it was it was it was such a breath of fresh air to hear someone not just, you know, like you hear every day, you know, celebrity or an athlete kind of talk about something, but be so passionate and so educated about it. It's just, it made, it was, it was, it was so nice because it, there's all we hear is negative all day, every day, man. Yeah, man. And thank God that there are these guys out there that, that make a difference. Yeah, amen to that, Lewis. There's no doubt about that. That was kind of my feelings exactly. Thank you for the call. Thanks for listening. We're going to break here. Hunt Palmer coming back. We've got to talk a little LSU baseball, big series against Texas A&M beginning tomorrow, pending the weather, of course. And we'll have that for you here on WWL. Last lap. We come back next with Hunt Palmer.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.